Oh, yeah. Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and then screaming. The world's just changed so radically, and we're all running to catch up. How can we possibly have the slightest idea of what to expect? With the best intentions. Some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions. Dr. Malcolm, I have to share a few campfire stories with my uncle. You can convince the Washington Post and the Skeptical Inquirer of whatever you want. But I was there, I know what happened, and so do you. I, I don't think you're giving us our due credit. Our scientists have done things which nobody's ever done before. Yeah, yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could that they didn't stop to think if they should. Hello, welcome to episode 52 of Jurassic Minutes, the February issue, where we <laughs> are going to discuss a lot of movie news, not so much toy news uh, for the Jurassic series. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And here we are back for Minute 52. Minute 52? No, that's wrong. <laughs> episode 52. Uh, but in this episode, we're going to be discussing the movie, all the movie news that's coming out over the last uh, two months, maybe. And there's a couple of little things to add at the end uh, for filler as well, but uh, stay tuned for that. David, you're still collecting, <laughs> getting stuff in the mail. I sadly am not. I am uh, planning for a trip away at the end of the year, so my budget is shoestring at the moment. Jurassic Park locations? Sort of. There is one location in far north Queensland here that's uh, the, the, the climate, the rainforest just screams Hawaii just that uh, that sort of tall buffalo sort of grass with the uh, the jungle coming in on either side open plains and that so it just I see people videos on YouTube of people going through these creek crossings and up these uh, vast open spaces through this grass and just it screams it screams the lost world to me so I will be filming yeah. stuff and maybe doing a little bit of a a uh, you call that i don't even know what you call um, that not a kit bash video? just a just a just a fan just a fan uh a fan video of uh a vehicle that was never in the lost world <laughs> driving through sooner it looks like the lost world pretending like i'm in the lost world <laughs> and that's about that but uh david you have purchased something on topic yeah i want uh and i want i purchased the um a repaint of a hammond collection t-rex in the lost world bold t-rex colors i purchased it from the same uh person who did the male t-rex repaint and honestly gotta say it's even better than the first one okay so yeah rightio so is it's sort of a uh i'm, I'm really off today <laughs> not an evolution of the first one but more of a uh you'd seen what others had done and took the next step and just even though it was the same person just being able to uh to do an even better paint job the second time around well this one's based on the toy colors so this it's just a different repaint of uh, of the figure so I, I i just like really liked how it looked and i've seen others do it and i wanted one because i absolutely do not have the skill to do this stuff <laughs> <laughs> oh righty so yeah the confusion here is I, I heard bull and thinking movie, but you've gone for the fresher color scheme. No, the bull, uh, the the bluish green one. Oh, with okay. The, with the 
The one that's like two feet long. Yep, yep. <laughs> right, yeah, yep. All right. That's where the confusion was. I was, uh, because I was thinking you've, yeah, you've already got the <laughs> the bull done in the Hammond Collection figure. No, they're very nice, very nice. And again, just all the articulation, all the posability of that Hammond mm-hmm. Collection figure uh, would just make for oh, filming yeah. that thing so much better. You can get right in and just recreate the bull T-Rex um, pose, which is what I have it in right now, sitting <laughs> on the shelf. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. It didn't... You haven't lost a kidney to pay for it? It wasn't too bad price-wise? Mm, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Are you getting a matching female done to go with it? Um, This wasn't a commission. This was just a repaint heat. This person was... Um, I got painter on instagram and it's just he repaints figures and sells them on oh. ebay okay another another bull for your collection yep <sighs> good luck good luck having the space <laughs> the space to keep oh yeah keep the, the space is definitely starting to become an issue yeah <laughs> i was just thinking think of that I know I keep saying space is an issue, but now it's actually becoming an issue. I'm starting to sell old collection items I don't really display anymore or kind of fell out of love with to start just being able to display the stuff I do like. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those random thoughts I haven't had during the week. I've had for the last couple of weeks. Uh, I do have a couple of display cases in my living room that... um, I have uh, some stuff in, like the original Kenner Explorers, the uh, the Horizon model, uh, Brachiosaur and Dilophosaur that I purchased that someone had done a very nice job of painting up. Uh, mm-hmm. And even the, the big red Kenner Rex, original Rex, and a heap of other small stuff, your, your snap bands from Jurassic World and the Barbasol can and all sorts of stuff like that. And that's all cramming those uh, display cases because I I purchase the Robotech T-Rex and Little Explorer, Matchbox Explorer, so they get stuffed in there as well. And <laughs> the, 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 you just keep on adding and adding. Mm-hmm. The stuff, I've got tubs in storage. All your, or here, McDonald's and that over there, Burger King, all your cups, the popcorn, cardboard uh, containers all that sort of stuff that's in storage and you sort of wonder it's in storage no one's seeing it i don't see it is it worth mm-hmm. having them thinking well it's there this stuff's getting harder and harder to find it's not going to skyrocket to astronomical prices or anything but it's definitely going to be worth a little bit more than what i paid for it in 10 mm-hmm. 15 years time do you keep it do you sell it luckily for me that stuff in storage is out of the way not costing me a cent and it's uh, it could just sit there in relative safety, air quotes, <laughs> including a lot of me mint on card Lost World figures as well that just can't, I just don't have room to display everything and I don't really have, uh, well it's not as if friends come around to see the collections if I, if I could put it that way. So it's, it's something I've always thought about, is it is it worth me having that stuff air quotes hoarding that stuff <laughs> uh, just having that stuff knowing it's there and not seeing it not using it maybe one day being able to sell it if the house catches on fire and that stuff's all gone then it goes but 
or do you sell it, make some money on it, and um, someone else has got the opportunity to display that stuff? It's, and this isn't just Jurassic. This is across all fandoms, all collecting. Unless you're uh, collecting something, oh, even Marvel collectors probably run out of space eventually as well. <laughs> it, um, it's just one of those one of those things as a collector. What you, what you display? Do you rotate through some stuff? Uh, yeah, even even for you, just having most of your your, your repainted T Rexes on display and that above your computer bench and that there, just or cabinets and it, it, it's something <laughs> it's something we have to live with as collectors. Yeah. I think what separates a collection from a hoarding is what you admit, what you give up. It isn't what you collect, it's what you don't collect. Because I think that if you just kind of keep it and collect it, even though you're not having the room for it and it's just kind of piling up in a pile, it's not collecting anymore, it's hoarding, you know? The one thing I'll counter that is, I, I probably shouldn't have said hoarding, it's, it's a bad word. <laughs> I've seen hoarders, it's, it can be very bad, and I don't think too many collectors that have the, the hoarding issue. I still see it now, people buying absolutely every single Mattel release. If you've got the money for it, the space for it, and a plan for it, then that's fine. But this isn't 90s kind of stuff. It's the, the Hammond Collection T-Rex might be worth something in the future, 10 years down the track, but the, well, the Hasbro one certainly will be worth a lot more <laughs> just because of how few of them they made. But that's mm-hmm. not... We've seen all this when the prequels come out. Everyone going into the Phantom Menace and buying every single Star Wars figure that come out from uh, from that time, and just it not holding up at all, apart from a couple a couple of figures. And I think you need to collect stuff to enjoy it, not see it as an investment. Because at the end of the day, stuff's only worth as much as people are prepared to pay for it. Like mm-hmm. I said, the 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 or over here, Hungry Jacks, over there, Burger King, McDonald's, all that sort of uh, food rapid food packaging and that for Jurassic Park and then the Lost World. There's probably only a few people that are actually after that sort of stuff because they want to go complete, <laughs> complete psychopath on the whole the whole line, everything that was released, and that's <laughs> that's fine. But yeah, yeah, no, it was just something I was thinking during the week of you've got all this stuff. Do you need all this stuff? The, as we're going to talk about in a minute, they're still making these films, so <laughs> next year there's going to be even more of this stuff out there uh, for purchase as well. But well, let's just say I've, become, I've been becoming a lot, a lot pickier about the figures that I collect. <laughs> <laughs> like, the only, like I think the, um, I think besides the Hammond collection stuff, I've generally not been picking up anything from the main line. Hmm. Yeah, and we haven't re- we haven't really talked a lot news wise on the mainline Mattel releases unless it's a sort of legacy figure or something. But even it seems a lot of the mainline stuff has slowed considerably. Uh, there's some repaints here and there, maybe some captive stuff coming. But across mm-hmm. across the board, that there hasn't been a lot of stuff revealed by Mattel uh, post Dominion. That's um that's on the cards coming up anyway so uh we will talk slightly about uh some upcoming hammond collection stuff at the end of the news 
just because we don't have photos or any any details about it, just rumours and that sort of thing. My God, they are well organised. Those are some major league toys. I suppose getting into it, Dave, uh, there's a new Jurassic film on the way. There is. Yes, and uh, it seems to be a lot closer to release than most thought. Uh, now, this has all got to be taken with a grain of salt. We've, we've already seen, uh, I would say this week, but uh, we are recording a week later due to uh, some puppy issues. Uh, when we were going to originally record this, it only just been news had broken real quick about uh, the the director named, uh, confirmed slash in negotiations to direct, then being not happy and pulling out of it. Uh, so nothing, nothing here is set in concrete. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, and it maybe maybe the circles you follow, the Facebook groups you follow, or mm-hmm. Facebook thrusts in your face or whatever else. Like six months ago, I knew Twisters was coming. Super Bowl comes and we finally see a trailer. Yep, Rodeo, that's definitely coming. And there hasn't been a lot of, well, looking screen rent coming soon. All those sort of clickbaity uh, websites haven't really been recording or reporting on that sort of stuff. So, it it would have been towards the start of Feb. Uh, The Hollywood Reporter wrote an article about... uh, I'm going to say David Kep. I know people pronounce it as they see it as Keop. David... (laughs) Thoughts on David Kep? (laughs) Pronounce Kep? That's how I've always heard it. Yeah, same. Yep. Uh, He's returning to Penn. A new Jurassic film. Now... A lot of people are excited about that. He, of course, uh, pens the uh, the screenplay and the scripts for uh, Jurassic Park and The Lost World. He's he he didn't just stop there. He kept on making some good films, some bad films. Whether that's his fault, director's fault, studios, we're not going to go into that here. Recently, uh, teamed up with um, uh, I was going to say James Mangold. It is James Mangold, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah. On on the uh, on the, the the latest Indiana Jones film again. Thoughts on that film are completely up to you. But he was working on that. Or oh, he, he he created the idea and script idea for it, and then Mangold come in and pretty much changed a lot of things by the sound of it. So, well, first first things first. Cap. The last I heard about Cap was after the Lost World. He really kind of didn't want anything more to do with Jurassic. That's kind of why he gave himself that cameo killing himself off in the movie. <laughs> and so now, so they had David Leitch and he was, I mean, he's made some good movies, but I think the key thing here is that, that the movies he has made in the past have been kind of um, action comedies. So, Hobbs and Shaw, Deadpool 2, those are both two big-name movies under his belt, and I think that kind of tells us what kind of movie that Universal is looking for from Jurassic World 4 or Jurassic Park 7 or whatever it's going to be. (laughs) Well, that's... Yeah, it's... um... I suppose we shouldn't we shouldn't glaze over the fact that he was originally there as the uh, second unit director for Jurassic World uh, work, and he, he, I don't know if that's where he started. I just know that's uh, that's where his time with the Jurassic, Jurassic series uh, starts. So, well, 
he's got a lot of second unit credits under his belt, but mm. I'm just trying to, I'm just thinking of movies that he's directed start to finish, you know? Well, that's, yeah, as director, that's, you'd hope, anyway, that's his vision, so that's, uh, that gives you a good idea of what he's all about. Obviously, back in Jurassic World days, he would have been getting memos or something from uh, from Colin or Universal on this or that. Especially one scene that uh, we're going to talk about after this, but uh, in Jurassic World anyway. But um, I know a lot, a lot of uh, have been happy. Some have been uh, saying the same sort of things as you, just looking at what films he's done recently and thinking we don't need this <laughs> out of a Jurassic director and then of course all the news uh, sites reported he was in negotiations in talks all this sort of stuff he tweeted or posted something about coming out of Amblin an Amblin meeting saying he's very excited for something coming up and uh, Mm -hmm. unfortunately everyone pretty much assumed that was a it was going to happen and then uh, (laughs) just before we're going to record last week no, negotiations are off. He's uh, he's no longer attached to be the director. So, from what I've heard, though, Universal is basically got. I mean, they've got a script written. It's not just kept writing a script. It's written. It's finalized. It's Universal does not want any more additions to the script. The production, the pre-production is starting. So they're starting to make props and sets and hopefully animatronics as well. And everything is kind of locked in. Universal basically just wants the director to shut up and shoot. And that's all they want. And I said from the sound of it, Leitch did not want to be just shut up and shoot. He wanted to actually have input to be able to add or create his own creativity to this movie, which Universal doesn't seem to want. And what I think Universal is looking for in a director and the future of the franchise and what audiences want from future movies is divergent. By all accounts that I've seen, including discussing the franchise with just like regular audience people, people want a smaller and darker story. They they don't want an action movie. They just like the last couple of Jurassic Worlds. They want something that's scary and kind of contained, more like the first one, almost more more like um, what Rogue One was to Star Wars. It was kind of this contained story. It led into other things, but it was its own story with its own start and its own finish. And I think Universal wants like Fast and Furious with dinosaurs because basically both Fast and Furious and Jurassic World are billion dollar movie franchises and they're thinking if we can suck another billion dollars out of this movie that'll be real nice. You know? And that's, yeah, and that's even though it was originally announced that David Kep uh, was coming on uh in in those earlier uh, reports and news news articles as well, it was said that yeah, script was written pretty much at t- to the point where uh, Universal was happy and wanted to keep on going. Uh, it was strong enough to start production on the seventh film. We know from the the world, I'll, I'll call it the world trilogy, without knowing what the fourth one's going to be. Colin Trevorrow come in, he had an idea how much of a, a through line across all three films he had is debatable cons- considering his inconsistencies between the films. But again, he might have come in with the uh, the napkin outline on Jurassic World. Universal had no no faith in it, gave him bugger all money, didn't want animatronics, 
all that sort of stuff, and then they turned into billion-dollar films, and now they're pretty much just condensing and, and not letting the creative juices fly. Like in one of those original article releases, they said that Frank Marshall's back, of course. There's, there's producers, Spielberg's back in name only because he'll have his uh, input and it helps sell a film. I've had discussions with a lot of people on social media. If, if Universal wants, not not so much fans, but the world to uh, to take this film seriously, you need to get Spielberg back. And again, as you said, just small story. Mm-hmm. Yep, Dominion set up Jurassic World, Planet of the Apes, but we don't we don't need to do that. Go back to the original story, something uh, something tight. Keep it to an hour and a half or one forty-five. I just rewatched Jaws again the other day, and that's still <laughs> that's still a fantastic film for mm-hmm. uh, for the time. It just. And I know a lot of people are saying this is, this feels very rushed, but we need to also consider that Dominion was pushed back a year. If Dominion come out in 2021 instead of 2022, it would have it probably would have, would have still done the same. It would have eventually dragged its butt to a billion dollars, and they would have been on the ball. Because uh, we know Frank Marshall came out before Dominion was released and uh, said that it's not. It's the end of the uh, the Jurassic saga, as mm-hmm. we know it. But uh, it's a whole new era, Jurassic World era. So we were we were assuming TV maybe. I think this news of a new movie is going to pretty much kill any idea of a TV series now. I don't think Universal will put the money into both. It's all going to be full full force onto this uh, new movie. I hope. At this point, you just got to—it's got to be Jurassic World something. I don't—I don't think they should rebrand. All the toys are coming out of Jurassic World. All the 30th anniversary stuff's got Jurassic Park on it. You're just going to lead to confusion there. And yeah, as you said, John John Wick with dinosaurs—I don't—I don't think we need to see it. There'd been the longest rumours about uh, the crossover between Fast and or Fast and Furious and Jurassic. Dom mm-hmm. going into. Uh, the Dolomites into Bison Valley to <laughs> steal some embryos or something. I don't even think it would be John Wick with dinosaurs. I think it would honestly be closer to that. It'd be more like Hobbs and Shaw with dinosaurs. Yeah. You know? yeah. Which, I mean, I really, the movie was enjoyable, but it's not what I would want from a Jurassic Park movie, even in the slightest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we should also mention, too, that uh, the film has been confirmed to have a release date of uh, the 2nd of July, 2025, next year, which would be the Memorial Day long weekend for uh, for you guys in the States. If script script done, sets being built, animatronics, whatever animatronics, that sort of behind-the-scenes stuff being designed and built. It's... As I said before, Colin coming in and having his idea across the franchise and... Sort of building mm-hmm. building the trilogy uh, with his, uh, I won't say creative eye, but his vision. To have all this going on and not have a director at the helm is just, it just all seems wrong. It does. As you said, just Universal wanting this, this done and we need a cookie cutter director to come in. It's, it, it screams a lot of Marvel films. They have they've been known for doing the same thing. This is our vision. 
you're coming in, you'll get your name in the credits, but that's pretty much all all we'll do if you, unless we uh, do a sequel ten years down the line. Time to think of it. I can't actually think of any Marvel directors. I mean, no, I don't really even pay attention to it. It's never really a thing. I mean, of course you have um, that Brian Singer. Well, there's Brian Singer with the X Men, but I'm thinking more MCU. And you've had, um, uh, what was his name? Well, I can. Oh, uh, Kevin Fierce. Kevin Fierce kind of having this storyboarded vision that he's wanted for phases one, two, three, etc. But on a directorial level, that's never really been much of an ado with the Marvel movie. Nobody says, all right, we got such and such directing Spider-Man 3. I mean, nobody says that. Nobody cares. Well, the problem is they do. They say, well, Sam Raimi's coming back to direct Multiverse of Madness, I think. Uh, wait a minute. Yeah, but Sam yeah, Raimi's Doctor Strange. But, big, but the, yeah, but he, he's, he's and especially within uh, Spider-Man, where he directed the la- the first three Spider-Man movies that we had. They make the announcement he's coming back to do that. People mm-hmm. are sort of cautiously optimistic because a lot of us grew up with those originally original Sam Raimi Spider-Man films, and yes, there's a couple of elements in there to the Sam Raimi, but. The general movie on the whole uh, just, again, sound, seems like a, a, a Marvel paint-by-picture. <laughs> just, and it, the same thing here. And when you got in that, uh, I think it was the original release with David Kep coming back, they announced producers, Spielberg, uh, someone from Universal, which is credited as uh, story consultant or overall story advisor or something like that, and... I haven't mentioned the fact that it's a woman, because that's going to fucking come back and bite me in the ass. but it's just, for some reason, she's been credited as that, so it just seems like she's the universal spokes- or spokesman to whoever's mm-hmm. making this film, or she's making the film, and there's going to be a puppet director under her. Sex, that sort of thing, out, 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 completely out of the question, whether it was a dude or a chick, it didn't really, doesn't really matter, just the fact that someone from Universal has been hired to be the overall script script mm-hmm. producer, uh, film producer, whatever else. It just... Yeah. It doesn't... Uh, <laughs> it doesn't sound good. I was also going to bring up that Cap... A lot of a lot of people... I think Cap is kind of being used as a marketing point in, in, in himself as well. It, not, uh, one thing that people don't realize is that for the most part of Jurassic Park's writing, Kep was not the main writer. They already had the story hammered out by the time he was brought on. What The majority of the writing was basically Spielberg and Crichton sitting down and trimming away at the novel until they thought something had a story that actually flowed within a two-hour time frame. And then they had these other guys come in and turn that into a screenplay. And Kep was kind of brought in at the end as somebody to just kind of give up spit shine to the characters and add, because let's face it, um, Crichton doesn't always write the most exciting characters. So Kep was brought in to kind of give like um, Malcolm his dry wit, for example, or um, to give 
Alan Grant this arc of coming to like kids. And these are kind of character traits that kept con- contributed to the franchise. And that does give me hope because I feel like the Jurassic Park movies worked as a way that to be character driven, not effects driven. And that's what really worked the best about, I think, the first film the most is that you had, what, like 12 minutes of dinosaurs in a two-hour movie? Yeah. And (laughs) most of the movie is character-driven. You love the characters. You want to see them in other movies. So we get sequels with those characters in other movies. And I think that one thing that we kind of lost sight of was this character-drivenness, this... And that's why it's something I like more about Dominion than I did Jurassic World or um, Fallen Kingdom, where they Jurassic World Dominion seemed to focus in more on the characters than bouncing around across different characters so that we had a lot of characters, but not a lot of characterization. Like, for example, uh, Vince Hoskins was written as a um, kind of like a mustache twirling Saturday morning cartoon character and Owen in the first two movies was kind of written as this everyman action hero and Claire is kind of the only one that had any kind of semblance of a character arc which then completely gets abandoned of course (laughs) in the sequel and I think that Jurassic World Dominion was the only one of the three that actually took these characters and made something of them where Basically, Claire and Owen become these surrogate parents to Maisie, and that becomes their entire drive throughout the film. Hmm. And I think that having kept back would be beneficial towards having characters that we would care about again. Yeah. As much as, much as fans want a Hammond prequel, that sort of stuff, this this is going to be set post-Dominion, in the post-Dominion War. Uh, as for the characters you mentioned, Claire and that... Uh, apparently Bryce was asked <laughs> to return. Uh, spoiler alert: she said no. <laughs> um, no, Chris Pratt. Uh, there was an interview with uh, Brian Cranston. He'd said he'd uh, he'd love to uh, to be in the film next to Bryce. I think after they just done a film together. I cannot remember that at this moment. Uh, they've just been a film together anyway. Or she may have directed a film that he's in. There was, there was articles about her maybe coming into direct, which, honestly, I would not mind. I love what she's done directing-wise lately. So, directing a Jurassic film, mm. I would not say no to that. Uh, Same. She has... I I will say I actually like Bryce Dallas Howard better as a director than I do as an actor. Yeah. Yep. She's directed some of the fan-favorite episodes of some of the Star Wars shows. She was even in. She was even lent her voice to Yaddle in Tales of the Jedi. <laughs> she did, yeah. and I actually like her as a director. I like her directorial style, and I think that having her behind the wheel of a Jurassic Park movie, having known Jurassic Park as a franchise, would be actually beneficial. Yeah. Unfortunately, as you said, she said no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. We, we know she said no to starring, and we don't know if she's been asked to direct. It's At this point, with what we know, or what we think we know, I, I don't... I feel sorry for whoever does get put into the director's role, because, as we said, it just, it just seems like you're going to be there as a, a name 
uh, and then you're going to cop all that flack if this movie mm. is uh, is not does not uh, does not make uh, the money it's spent on it. Of course, at this point too, there has been zero mention of Colin Trevorrow, which it's sort of he's he's told he's he come on he he definitely brought Jurassic back. There's no question about that. As we said earlier, billion dollar movies, each and every one of them, even Dominion to the end. Uh, he's, he's told a Jurassic story. He's uh, he's evolved the story from just running and running away from dinosaurs on the island to running away from dinosaurs on, main, on the mainland. Uh, there's some there's some great ideas that he's brought to screen there. There's some great visuals he's brought to, to the screen. It, it, it's what's the Jenny's out of the bottle now. The Jurassic franchise is mainland dinosaurs everywhere, that sort of thing. Uh, I don't I don't see a reason why someone else shouldn't uh, take up the mantle or uh, or have have their own story told, uh, or <laughs> seemingly in this case Universal having their story told and someone just directing it. So. Uh, <laughs> I will say that these directorial woes kind of give me Jurassic World Park 4 vibes. If anybody kind of remembers the just constant news of, we have a script, we have actors we like, we have uh, the, the director fell through, we have a script, we have actors we like, can't find a director. We have a script, or we don't have a script, we have a director in mind, but we don't have anybody who wants to star in it because nobody cares anymore. And then it started getting to the point where, well, we need to find a good reason to have a script. We can't find anybody to direct because nobody cares anymore. And then it's, the thing where it just over like those first couple years after Jurassic Park 3, we were getting the news cycle, but nothing coming of it. At least with all the production issues Jurassic Park 3 had, everything else was on point. They just, the script was not working. At least mm-hmm. Joe Johnson was there. He was... Uh working on the script, all that sort of stuff, and then throwing scripts out. <laughs> they, uh, they, they... It makes me wonder if there's still someone at Universal that's been around all this time from those days and gone, well, we've had this problem before, and back then we didn't have a good script. We've got the good script now, so the rest is just going to fall in line, we hope. <laughs> and, Because uh, th- this is 15 months away from uh, release. Apparently... Listening to uh, some other news, the film was originally going to be slated for 2026, but uh, someone made the decision when they revealed it to uh, to make it 2025. So this again, tomorrow they might re- they might announce that uh, the film's been pushed back a year <laughs> because of uh, the director issues. Stuff's stuff's gonna stuff's gonna change. It's as this is earlier, I seen a a, uh, a trailer for Twisters <laughs> this past week. Didn't know much more about it before the trailer came out. In this day and age of the internet, and every single little thing has to be reported on social media. Uh, uh, I know a lot of people will... are already sick and tired of hearing about uh, the new Superman movie, James Gunn's new DC <laughs> DCU. When it hasn't even started yet, I've people are sick of it. I've but... not heard about the Superman movie, but the Twister movie I did hear about, which is actually another Crichton story. Yeah, yep. So. <laughs> and it would, yeah, it would, 
obviously original screenplay screenplay he done there's no novel involved but it would uh it would be interesting to know if they did go back to original notes or some sort of thing because it does seem to be it's not a sequel with returning characters but it may be an original story as well uh based in <laughs> that cinematic universal universal's trying to push because <laughs> their monster one did failed but plate plate boy but i suppose on the positives uh and you're going to have to help me with this name once I find his name again. Where was that? Uh, no. Oh, yes, it was Steve. Um, on the one little bright uh, gem, I suppose, um, Steve Brissett? Brissati? Brissati. Steve yeah, Brissati, Brissati, there you go. <laughs> uh, it's been announced he's been returning as uh, the paleontology, paleontological uh, consultant for the upcoming film. Now... As, as you heard, I had to try and learn how to pronounce that. David, obviously you know the, the, the name, the man, more so. Uh, has he been involved in the new films already? And uh, does it give you hope, knowing what we know about stegosaurs and <laughs> other, other animals on screen, does it give you hope for what some of the animals might look like in the new film? Well... For good or for bad, it depends on your... But he was um, paleo consultant replacing Horner on Dominion. And a lot of people liked the... Like, for example, they really mu- very much enjoyed the Cretaceous prologue in that movie. The uh, Therizinosaurus was absolutely beautiful. The Pyroraptor could have been better face-wise, but was not objectively bad. So he was he was and, involved in Dominion, not not World or Fallen Kingdom. That was still no, Horner, was it? No. I, I didn't realize Horner stuck to yeah, it that late. Horner was uh, Horner was Jurassic World. I don't know if they had anybody for for Fallen Kingdom. I'm not sure. Which is insane when you think about all the new animals. Of uh, well, of course we've we've discussed the the Allosaur and the the Baryonyx in degrees. The the Carnotaurus, just how fantastic that looked surely they would have had someone <laughs> that uh done that design because it's, it's one of the best designs in the Jurassic franchise hands down so with the Carnotaurus though it is actually kind of honestly hard to screw it up it's such a <laughs> kind of um beloved well-known theropod I guess you could say that I mean it's been I, you could put a bunch of different uh, images off of Google into an AI uh, machine and say make a Carnotaurus and out pop would out yeah with the Fallen King, Kingdom Carnotaurus. I think where it shows where they um, where they were kind of want for direction in some places was that the Cynoceratops. The script kept going back and forth on whether or not they wanted that to be Pachyrhinosaurus or Cynoceratops. And they settled with Cynoceratops, but the design kind of got amalgamated into the two. And you could see that the designers actually referenced Pachy from the Pachyrhinosaurus from Walking with Dinosaurs because there's holes in the frills that shouldn't actually be there. There Reason it was a character-defining trait, so you could pick that one out of a herd in Walking with Dinosaurs, 
but is not actually supposed to be there. <laughs> and they just started throwing holes in the frills. And like, no. No. <laughs> but actually, now that I think about it, I think maybe Bruzzati might have been a, to the full extent that he was on Dominion, but he might have had a little bit of input on Fallen Kingdom. Because I remember him saying something about basing the Allosaurus on that we see in the movie on the new species. Um, what was it? Allosaurus Jim uh, Edseni. And so I, I remember him saying something about that, and I think that he might have had input on the uh, at least on the Allosaurus. Yeah, right. Yeah. And possibly the Carnotaurus in that respect then too, because let's face it, the Bar- Baryonyx is a mess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose it, it might be it might be praise on Universal's front then, because obviously being the sequel to Jurassic World, you're going back to Nublar, you're going to go back and see what you'd seen before, so the you could have just reused the assets, T-Rex, we get the stegosaurs, the herbivores, that sort of stuff. There's absolutely no, I won't say no need, but no real financial reason why you'd have to create new assets and have new dinosaurs there that have to haven't been seen previously. And the fact that they come in and gave us the, the Carnotaurus, the, the, uh, mm-hmm. the Baryonyx and all these other new dinosaurs as well, that's probably... <laughs> grateful because now we do have them on screen uh in one way or another and then what he done on dominion as you said the uh the ferrazinosaurus looks fantastic giga looks fantastic there's been some concept art released uh recently oh god this is going off the top of my head the the ancara ferrosaurus no that's not it I can't recall now. Originally, it wasn't going to be the Giga. It was going to be something else. Uh, and some Crocanthosaurus? Con- yeah, yeah, that's him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> some concept art released with uh, with that. Again, they, they're reusing... Uh, we get Blue and Beta back. There's uh, Lothsaurs from Jurassic Park because we need to keep that design cue. Pyroraptor, yeah. Feathers look fantastic, as you said. A little bit issue with the mm-hmm. face, but... For the most part, uh, we've got a lot of new animals in that movie. Moros Intrepidus. Yep. Uh, Moros Intrepidus was absolutely beautiful. I, I that one was probably one of the best designs that you could t- you could see that. Even though it's not actually in the movie, I think that's why they allowed Prisati to have so much to have so much input on that one. Just because, well, it's not going to be in the movie a whole lot, so we'll just throw it in there and let Prisati. Have had take the wheel with that one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. So yeah, he, well he's uh he's on board for uh for the new film. Been been uh expanding my mind, if that's the way to call it. <laughs> Downloading some different movie podcasts and that recently, and uh, of course going to the reviews of Jurassic Park is uh always always a, a quick start in any new listening uh, playlist, but. It's still, all the time, constantly, yes, of course, the CG, for the most part, still holds up, all this sort of stuff, but I think the work that Crash McCreary and that done back in 92, just, because at that point, dinosaurs, <laughs> the tails were on the ground, there was no real, oh, real, of course it was real, but there mm-hmm. may have been some 
paleontologists doing that sort of artwork at the time, which always involved T-Rexes with volcanoes and going off the books I've got anyway, but just mm-hmm. CG aside, just the work that um, was done back with that original film of giving us a lot more leaner, agile-looking dinosaurs that's uh, that's progressed throughout the entire mm-hmm. series. At the time Jurassic Park was being made, generally the only place you could find those kinds of depictions that we would find in Jurassic Park were in like technical books and technical journals and books that compiled technical journals and anything like that. You would have to look in published works. It's not really something that, unless you were already interested in dinosaurs, you were generally going to see. So that's what made Jurassic Park special is it took the stuff in these technical journals, put them on screen, and the masses could see could would see them for the first time because really up until then, the only thing you had was the occasional Harryhausen input, you know, stuff like Land Land of the Lost and um, <laughs> stuff like that, you know. Yeah. So yeah, again, this this thing's due out in fifteen months' time. <laughs> Currently, no director attached, uh, no cast announced whatsoever, no returning cast. I'm sure all that stuff's already happened behind the scenes again with uh, today's age of the internet. Leaks are going to start happening. We're going to start seeing behind the scenes stuff and all of the uh, all the things we've seen with uh, Dominion and Fallen Kingdom and uh, start making opinions on what we see <laughs> with whether we want to see that on the screen. So I just hope, as you said earlier, I, I just hope we know we're in a Jurassic world Bring it back. We d- we don't need Planet of the Apes here. There's already a Planet of the Apes movie coming out this year. Just which I'm looking forward to. Oh yes, yes, that that was a very good trailer, and I've been looking forward to that and love that series as well. Especially if they keep filming up there in the redwoods. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe yeah, maybe film some of this new movie in the redwoods as well. That'd be great. Uh, <laughs> and and maybe even look back at some of their past past actors. Uh, Characters, Nick Van Owen, where are you? <laughs> we need you back in this Jurassic World as well. But um, yeah, just focus focus on the characters. The dinosaurs are going to sell sell the film, sell the budget. Yeah, it just dinosaurs sell themselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to focus too much on that. We're gonna we're gonna talk to talk about some other dinosaurs in media shortly. Uh, that certainly sells itself as well. But you are. Uh, just slow down. I'm glad you got a script ready. Just do all the other things that you need to do to uh, to make that script a good film. Um, anything else on the movie? I think I think we covered that. There's, yeah, a thing we're going to start saying stuff. So it's probably yeah. we're going to touch on the movie each uh, each month when we record uh, the Jurassic minutes. Mr. Hammond knew this. Before he ever dreamt of an island, he began construction on an amphitheater, very near to where you're sitting right now, the Ingen Waterfront Complex. But he abandoned it in favor of something far grander and ultimately impossible. And so the facility sits unused, unfinished, when it could be completed 
and ready to receive visitors in less than a month. Speaking of uh, David Leach, uh, when his name come up, that's coming back to direct the new film. Uh, someone else on his production team, a second unit director, Dave, they released a heap of uh, production stuff onto Twitter or X. Is that where this comes uh, from? Reddit. Oh, yeah, Reddit, was it was it? a production PA dumped a bunch of materials on Reddit. Ah, okay. Uh, one one key thing from that stuff he's put on Reddit was the uh, location for the uh, the Unimog ambulance or veterinary ambulance uh, chase in Jurassic World with Owen mm-hmm. on the motorcycle going down that uh, that road. We dissected the shit out of that scene when we covered those minutes and seeing those air quotes, bunker-looking structures off to the side, uh, power poles, mm-hmm. thinking this was this was filmed in a, in a post-Hurricane Katrina New Orleans uh, abandoned area. We now have... Well, we're a store, right? Yeah, Alligator Road. It was on the wrong side of town, but <laughs> it was in the same, same state anyway. So it just... That's fantastic. Oh, it was kind of like just outside outside New Orleans, really. It was filmed at this. Um, hold on, let me bring it up here, actually. Yeah, the, the the research center or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was filmed at a um, at Tulane Research Laboratories in Bell Chase, LA. So it was kind of like a suburb a suburb of um, of New Orleans, but yeah. Now, was this, is this old military, are these old military bunkers we're seeing here on Alligator Road? It's So from what I can tell here is that, so what actually led, the, led to this publication is we were looking, this was actually one of the scenes that David Leitch had filmed. And so it was kind of like nice coincidence that this uh, production assistant would dump these on Reddit now, but... <laughs> From what we can tell is it was it's a research it's a field it's a field lab to the University of New Orleans and um they it it's at an old military what barracks um training grounds yeah I, I yeah. guess you call it yeah mil, mil, and, mil, military base yeah yeah so basically as you said we dissected this scene we discussed it profusely and we we noticed those structures on the side of the road and according to the PA they just went and they filmed on the road back and forth going back and forth on this road where I guess it's a big loop around the property and that was the chase was at this um, military compound turned research field field uh, location yeah, and now these these bunker type structures that uh, are on that drive past, of course they're still left over. They look like new uh, munitions bunkers uh, on site. There's a photo here, or one of the spots I've got here, where the power lines cross the road, Alligator Road, and there's just that scene. We talk so much about that that second of footage <laughs> of just was this old power lines for Nublar? Was it something they've built to? mimic old infrastructure uh looking at the actual location now just you still have that sort of trapezoidal shape with the bunker itself the concrete the brick these big iron doors yeah 
the window, even the windows, little square glass windows with the bars in them, just that, that screams sauna, Nublar, Ingen. Uh, it's, I'm not sure if they deliver if they deliberately picked this location because of those, or if they just happened to be they picked the location and found them and just thought it was a happy coincidence they're already there. Yeah. But yeah, it's, like you said, it's like matches perfectly with the old park infrastructure. Yeah, and there's dozens of these things along Alligator Road. Uh, just the fact you got the loading dock out the front, we know from Jurassic Park on the uh, the, the system rebooting sequence in the maintenance shed, there was herbivore feeding area compound that sort of stuff. There's no mm-hmm. reason why trucks couldn't have pulled up to this and been unloading hay, straw, herbivore feed, through those iron doors, and then that leads into the subterranean island tunnel network and that sort of stuff. It just <laughs> it's it's a perfect storm of finding this fantastic on location uh, area. Mm-hmm. Even again, being Florida, just the the sort of jungle that well the jungle that but the forest that grows up to the road as well just looks like that Hawaii sort of forest mm-hmm. growth. Um, it's kind of funny because I remember when um, they said they pegged L.A. as one of the filming locations, or not L.A., um, they pegged Louisiana as one of the filming locations for Jurassic World. I'm thinking, well, Louisiana swamps, that's like perfect uh, Cretaceous territory. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's very much, um, like you said, it's very much Hawaii-ish. Yeah. But even to the fact where, like a lot of places in Hawaii, you do have these, these forests growing to man-made structures. And then uh, I'll po- I'll get some photos of this, this area looking off Street View on uh, Google here, Google Maps. Just the whole, the whole area, main area is just mowed. It's like manicured lawn <laughs> around mm-hmm. around so much of the area, and then just jungle, <laughs> just forest. Uh, but even the the bunkers themselves, like I know I know had a or was in a couple of bunkers on uh, air force bases here in Australia, and being a lot bigger, deeper, going underground more, where these don't seem to be as big. Maybe they're short term storage or something. But yeah, that's what I was thinking. These might be like munition storage or something. Yeah. Because yep. they're built in, they're built up into a berm, mm. and then they have a bunch of trees and kind of overgrowth sitting on top of that berm. So obviously, they wanted to hide these from like for any kind of like prying eyes. So that's why they kind of look like they're facing in, they're facing towards the jungles, so that you can't really see them from like with the roads or anything. They just look like a patch of little patch of trees from far away you know even yeah. even looking overhead the only way you can really tell they're there is that every couple every um couple spots there's <laughs> there's like a little uh there's like a little spot of tree growth uh accompanying on the other side of the facing uh, the jungle you yeah. know yeah. yeah looking at looking at the map or the, not the map the um google earth the Google Maps view one, two, three, five. Yeah, at least five of these bunkers just kind of sitting along the road, and they just kind of the only way you can tell they're there is that there's these trapezoidal <laughs> shaped uh, tree spots 
sitting along the road. Yeah. Well, some of them, they got the big numbers plastered on the side. I, I see one had 13 on it, so whether it was 13 in total around this whole loop or on this base. Mm-hmm. Um, but, <laughs> again, it... At, at this point in time, it, it means it means nothing really. It's just a location they filmed at, but just how much how much imagination comes from uh, from seeing this in real life? Mm-hmm. What it, what it could have been? Uh, I'll post up some comparison photos on the on the Facebooks mm-hmm. and that as well. But we'd, we'd we'd been looking at this for a long time. And it was absolutely fantastic to uh, to see it in real life. Well, it looks life. like I'm looking at it, and it looks like there might be. Another eight of them lining on the road next to an armadillo road. So yeah, there could be thirteen. Yeah, yep. Probably there might be more actually, because <laughs> a lot of them look like they've been swallowed up by the forest. So it's hard. It's difficult to tell, but it looks like there's like a little break in the shape of where they should be between where they are and where the rest of the forest is. You know. Hmm. Yeah, and again, if that if that research company, uh, whatever they were, have sort of come in and purchased this military land, it's we've we've discussed this before with the new Blair assets and that <laughs> after Jurassic Park, it costs more to get rid of stuff than just leave it to go abandoned. So mm-hmm. um, the fact they're still mowing, uh, cutting the grass around uh, the area, so it doesn't get overwhelmed is uh, is good to see, but. Um, yeah. Like I said, it's part of the Tulane University Biodiversity Research uh, Division, so it's it's part of the school. It's just it's like like I said, a field lab of some sort. Yeah, they they're researching biodiversity. Yep. <laughs> uh... You can pick up their scents, can't you? I was with the Navy, not the Navajo. Moving on briefly, also um, La Brea. I don't even know what net, what network's that on. So in the in the United States, that is on NBC. NBC, so okay. Locally uh, here in the Midwest, that's that would be Channel Five. But yeah, yeah it's NB, it's it's NBC, it's an NBC program. If you're not familiar, basically um, at the start of the series, a sinkhole, giant, giant, like a like couple thousand feet wide sinkhole, opens up in the middle of LA and dumps all these people down in what turns out to be 10,000 BC in LA 10,000 BC. And so there were there there's people on still in the present trying to figure out how to bring them back, people in people in the past trying to figure out how just how to survive. And it turns out of course built by the military, so <laughs> they do get some timey-wimey weird stuff where now in the third season there's now dinosaurs. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was surprised when you said it was the third season because I remember when it was announced and uh, the pilot come out and that not being able to see it over here uh, probably without pirating something or whatever else and interesting concept but uh, yeah, never got to see much of it and uh, you sent me some photos I'm not even sure if the third season was because I, I, I think the season for, this was the season finale of the last the last week's episode because they went home everybody's home and everybody meets their families and i don't see how they could continue from that especially with the exciting basically finale <laughs> that they had where uh they 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 got a t-rex 
<laughs> you might not be too familiar with Lost. We're uh, we've got to go back. <laughs> yes, we're back, but we've got to go back. We're gonna go back to the sinkhole. I'm not going back. This is my this is my <laughs> check out. <laughs> everybody's home. Everybody's happy. I'm I'm not, I'm done with this. Yeah. Anyway, the main <laughs> yeah. reason we're bringing up this show that probably not a lot of people have seen is uh, the fact that. Uh, a familiar-looking Trenosaur has returned to the screen. Yeah. To the small screen, of all things. Indeed. So, interestingly, the first, um, the first guy, I think it was may have been the second episode of the season, they had um, a Velociraptor appeared very briefly, I think probably not even 10 seconds. But it was the classic Velociraptor. Um, it wasn't blue. It was like the basic model they built blue off of which i thought was interesting mm-hmm. and then in the finale here they they've got a t-rex and it's rexy i mean it is just a straight reskin of rexy's model from jurassic world and is on the daylight she smashes into a military installation everybody's shooting at her and <laughs> it's, it's just fun i mean it's i think she honestly got more screen time in this episode and she did the entire Jurassic World trilogy. Yeah, you uh you shared some photos here in the Messenger. Looking looking fantastic as I said, probably more screen time than she did in the entire trilogy. But out in the daylight and we haven't seen mm. Rexy out in the daylight since uh since going after those Gallimimus, really. Also here going after military vehicles, uh the Hummer, chasing the Hummer. Mm-hmm. Very much homaging to the original Jurassic Park, chasing Mulder and uh, Ellie and Malcolm in the uh, uh, Jeep 12, I think, from memory. Um, but on a TV budget, <laughs> a little TV budget, it's sort of... If we didn't know a new film was coming, seeing this would give you some hope or some idea of what a, uh, a Jurassic TV show might might look like, maybe with a little mm-hmm. bit more budget. Obviously, this is, was a one-off... Uh, season finale, so there's always a little bit more budget for CG and that sort of stuff in those mm-hmm. those TV episodes. But yeah, you can kind of tell it's the older Jurassic World model, not the one that they built for Dominion, just because of certain shapes. Like the neck is kind of overly long, like it was in Jurassic World. But yeah, it's it's fun. It was fun seeing this, and I mean, like. The animation wasn't quite there. It was kind of looked like you could tell it wasn't a professional team. They or the same team that I'm sure it was professionals, but it wasn't the same team that would have animated her for a movie. So, yeah, and I importantly too, not including the scars on the neck <laughs> and jaw. I, no. although it would have been it would have been a good little homage to, and you would have had people recognize that immediately, but. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's not even the same color pattern. Like, there's a stripe that goes down the side. Yeah, I see that in this photo I'm looking at here. Um, quickly, the uh, I know it come up in this year's Super Bowl commercials, but I don't think there was a new one for Jeep Wrangler. The the original Jeep Wrangler, uh, Jeff Goldblum commercial from <laughs> uh, 2017, 18, maybe. I think it come out. For Fallen Kingdom, I, I think it was 2018 because it was tie. It was a tie-in for Fallen Kingdom as well. Yeah, yeah. So and that that was the uh, that was the uh, original asset for that too, wasn't it? For the female T-Rex. Yeah. yeah. Well, that one was actually 
animated by Tippett. So that one was, uh, they had the movie team working on it. Ah, oh, okay. Which is probably what looks so good. <laughs> uh, I just, the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the comparison of technology at the time, just Tyrannosaur roaring at stealth jet. <laughs> In this photo here. It's, I mean, like I said, it was like, just like, good fun. You know what? We paid for the model. We're going to use the model. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, you know, we're like, have fun. Yep. Do whatever you want. Have fun. Yep. <laughs> this, is, this is the finale. We're not going to do anything else with it. So just have fun. And trying to think of now, apart from a lonely hunter in the forest, I don't think Rexy's ever had a shot fired at her. Uh, part Trank darts uh, exploded, oh. of course, but mm-hmm. <laughs> one one scene but here. Live rounds, no. Yeah, one scene here for attacking the front base of the military, and there's soldiers there with machine guns, <laughs> and there's muzzle flashes. Oh, I mean, they're shooting at her the entire time. I mean, I'm like, how many bullets does this Kenneth <laughs> Rex take? <laughs> oh. like, and it's not like it's just, it's not like it's single shot either. I mean, this is automatic fire. You got five, six. People shooting, all <laughs> shooting at her at the same time with automatic rifles. And I'm pretty sure they're like AR-15 rifles or M16s or something like that. And I'm like, how many shots is this T-Rex going to take? And then there's another shot here where there's nine of them surrounding her. I'm yeah. like, and they're all shooting at her, all with the same rifles. Plus, I'm sure, I'm, there's no, it's not included in the photos here, but... I'm sure when she's roaring down at self, yeah, I'm sure a missile gets fired from it or something. Uh, <laughs> it just, I, I just love with the CG to have that little bit of a budget just to show almost like raindrops in water across the skin of just the bullets hitting and going, <laughs> and just, <laughs> just bouncing off. <laughs> just yeah, it's just good fun. <laughs> See if I can find those scenes online on YouTube or something. To, uh... The series jumped multiple sharks. I'm gonna just throw that out there, and I'm like I said, I'm gonna use this to check out. <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, again, if, if if this is season three and it is only five episodes long, it's not. Uh, we're not nineties television here, where you got twenty two, twenty five episodes per season, <laughs> so it's not gonna be a massive. Uh, a massive stint or massive commitment to watch a series. So I'll see what, uh, see what I can find. How fast are they? Well, we clocked the T-Rex at 32 miles an hour. T- T-Rex? Mm-hmm. You said you've got a T-Rex? Uh-huh. Say again. <laughs> we have a T-Rex. Oh. Looking at other news, uh, we did have the announcement of a Hammond Collection Claire, but uh, there's been no photos yet, so we're going to check back with the uh, the March news for that. Uh, we're also heading into the 10th anniversary of Jurassic World, and yes, we do feel old. So we probably should be expecting a lot of Jurassic World-themed figures coming from Mattel uh, this year, because mm-hmm. obviously they didn't get a chance to do that original toy line. Side side tangent quickly. Uh, was watching an episode of uh, Tiny Home Nation or something on uh, Netflix recently. Uh, 
one of the one of the little kids was moving in, wanted to get rid of some toys, but she wanted to keep the uh, the Hasbro T Rex that quite awful thing <laughs> of all, all teddy bears and everything. She wanted to take that little T Rex into uh, her new house. So, of course, yep. <laughs> uh, again, we've we've had the Hammond Collection T Rex. I don't know what they can do for that, but I know there's been a lot of talk about uh, a Hammond Collection Indominus Rex. We've had some good ones recently. I posability is the only thing I think they can uh, improve on what's come out for the Indominus recently but uh, even that Hasbro 4 pack Raptor Squad I think it was a Target exclusive little blue torch that lit up logos I've seen that for 600 bucks on eBay and I've got two of them in my, in my hoarding uh, so it might be time to start selling some of the original Hasbro stuff from Jurassic World <laughs> Well, I, I long ditched that stuff. That stuff went straight to... I, what I couldn't sell went straight to Goodwill. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the, it's sort of one of the things. We have got a lot of the Raptor Squad post uh, Jurassic World with Mattel, so I don't know how much is going to be involved there. Uh, I kept Owen's motorcycle. Yeah. That was yep. it. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's the only thing I kept. Yep. So... And I think um, one of the uh, Stegoceratops... Uh, might have kept one of those. I'd love a, I'd love a petting, a petting zoo, like a small petting zoo, uh, sort of set with uh, maybe a five pack of baby, baby uh, or infant dinosaurs, something like that'd be fantastic. Uh, yeah, right here, redo the Indominus, maybe some more Dimorphodons, but I don't know. Maybe well, human characters are probably a bit of big ones. You'd want to you want a Jurassic World Woo because we've only got the Jurassic Park Woo. Uh, mm-hmm. Claire in the white dress, of course, uh, iconic. Um, we've got Jurassic World Owen in Hammond or Amber Collection and that as well. So, um, a Hoskins. We just got a Barry on the ATV, so we've got that. Uh, I don't know what else you'd want. I'm sure there's something I'm forgetting. But yeah, so yeah, it's it's ten year anniversary for Jurassic World, so uh, I'm sure uh, we're going to see a lot more of that coming out this year. I'm going to say yesterday, but only a couple of days ago, Beyond the Gates posted up some images uh, briefly here at the end uh, from 1996. Uh, some of the Ingen Unimogs presumably parked on the back lot, just looking at the those sort of dry mountains in the background. Um, either post or pre-filming for The Lost World, these photos keep on turning up. <laughs> and uh, we, we see some fans, people in production, whatever, sitting behind, sitting inside, beyond driver's seat with the thumbs up out the window. Uh, I wonder more so if this is post-filming and all these vehicles have been brought back to the back lot before being sold, auctioned, what have you, and... These are actually fans that have come across these vehicles back there and snuck aboard. <laughs> I honestly don't know. I mean, it, I was thinking maybe either bring, taking it out or bringing back, but I just like being able to see them. Yeah, and it's I, I think I posted on the the, the uh, comment on the post for it. Just the it's almost cartoonish, cartoonishly large engine logo on the doors. For a secret or for an operation going to a secret island, and I wonder if these vehicles were used on the mainland 
for engine operations and they've just plucked a couple out of uh, their motor pool to go and do this operation. There's also a photo here of the back back of a Jeep, but it's one of the hard top Jeeps uh, that we don't really see a lot of in the film. Mm-hmm. I wish we'd seen the, the whole thing of that as well, but uh, mostly it's just the, the, the twin cab uh, Unimogs. There is one on the back lot tour, parked with the RV there, uh, the dual cab with the uh, the high side rear tray on it for the mercenaries to stand up in. But <laughs> this is this is Lost World production. I love it. <laughs> Absolutely love it. <laughs> uh, it. Just again, they, they've come out of nowhere. Nearly thirty years mm-hmm. later, just what else is out there? And yeah, he just got dumped on Discord. Like, yeah. Yeah. I know. Well, we know that the the RV it drove around. It drove down to Florida and was doing marketing and that for uh, for the Lost World. But obviously, back in the day, all that stuff would have been done on film. People have got those photos, and they're probably in photo albums, but they just haven't been scanned and put online, along with a lot of the other a lot of stuff beyond the scenes as well. So, I um. I'm always surprised when something like this turns up. Uh, excited. Love it. We've only got a small community we uh, broadcast to, but yeah, mm-hmm. if anyone else has got this sort of stuff behind the scenes, hell, I'll give you the money to buy a scanner. Just to get this stuff scanned and get it online. <laughs> but uh, that's it for the February issue of Jurassic Minutes. Dave, a bit there. We've discussed. We've gone a lot longer than we have any time Recently, new movie coming, so something we did not expect, something that had been planned for a long time. Honestly, we've talked about it before, we expected there to be quite a lull moving forward, with fingers crossed not as bad as uh, 2001 to 2012, but uh, we're going to come back, we're going to keep talking about uh, the new movie leaks, release stuff, as it's released, but uh, I think in the meantime, that's us. How about we get out of here for the week? Sounds good. All right, lovely. <laughs>